welcome to the Carlton Wrap 2022 season preview. Today I'm joined by none other than Ari Stamatakos. Welcome back to the channel, Ari. Excited to have you once again. Pretty big preview, a season that we're expecting quite a lot from this season after obviously disappointing last season. How are you feeling going into season 22, 2022, and what are you looking forward to the most? Um, thank you very much for having me once again. But um, after the, the practice game, that we went to yesterday, I was feeling a little bit more confident. I know it was the the most practice of practice matches, but there's just this like this aura about the club which I haven't felt in a long time. So hopefully they can fulfil on the many years of promises they've given us. Well, obviously we're recording this the day after that Carlton St Kilda match, so this could be released after the Melbourne game. So what we say may be not so yeah, true yeah. in a week's time. So when we get pumped uh, by the days, then yeah, just don't don't listen to this. Don't listen exactly. <laughs> but let's start going back one season. It was obviously sort of a similar build up to the season, I guess. I think we expected a little bit of a similar start. I guess when we brought in Williams and Saad, we thought things were going to change in terms of the way we transitioned the ball, and that our sort of defensive structure would be a bit unique compared to the other teams but I guess you can't rely on that one structure for the majority of a game and that obviously showed when we were getting pumped five or six goals in a row when the you know the mids and the forwards you know weren't in sync what did you think of that season in the end because for me I didn't really see that as a surprise I wasn't too shocked when we got to the end of the season and weren't in finals and that yeah that wasn't as much as a shock for me so what did you take out of that season it, yeah, you're right. I don't think it was a shock for me either. It was just more disappointment because we we brought in big names. We brought in two like players who could be stars of the competition, like Williams showed his class and Saad has been very good for a long time, right? And it was just disappointing because it was almost like the same thing over and over and over again. And it wasn't like we were progressing in any sense. Um, it was just, yeah, the same mistakes, the same issues structurally and the same people bailing us out, like Walsh pretty much every game, Harry pretty much every game, Weedering. It was, yeah, it was the same thing, same three players playing well and then the same structural issues every single game, which was by round 15 just became frustrating and by then the season was all but gone, so we couldn't really do a lot about it. Well, I guess we started off okay. I mean, we sort of took it to Richmond round one, which is what we'd been doing the last two two years. And in that Collingwood game, for me at least, was the key determining factor that we weren't anywhere near we needed to be because yeah. as the season progressed and you see where Collingwood fell to, that was quite obvious that we weren't at the standard, even though we beat them a bit later on. I don't think it was the same sort of game. And I think we already knew our chances of finals were gone, even though we were mathematically still a chance. I think the you know, getting rid of Teague was the right thing to do. I don't know what you think about that, but do you think without Teague that season, if you had brought Voss in to start the start of twenty twenty one, do you think it would have been a bit of a different season? I mean it's really hard to say. Like it's because because we haven't seen him coach a uh, season yet or like for Carlton obviously he coached Brisbane a while ago but I was 
not against the Teague sacking. I was just more, I was just defending him more than a lot of other people. And I'm not saying that he was like oh, our saviour coach or whatever. But if you look at it, if you, he, got, he got really unlucky, right? If you look at it, his first first full season was not even a season in 2020. And then 2021 wasn't like, it. that was hardly a proper season as well. And we got brutalised by injuries. Like, it just, it's it's one of those things for me where if he goes, if he coached a full season, like with COVID not impacting it at all, and then with a pretty clean injury, like obviously you're not going to get your best 22 every game, but like with a pretty good injury list, I feel like because he, because we showed at points the last season we could play some really good football, um, but yeah, I think he did get unlucky in that sense. But like I said before, just the same things over and over again. He was he was a little bit out of his depth, and by the end of it, I think it was the right decision. And I I don't think that I like and on the Voss thing, it's hard to say. I doubt he would have done worse, put it that way. Well, I think when we talk about, you know, how you said about Teague, how he didn't really get a good run at it, which I agree, I think. I mean, he came in the end of 2019. That was his really only normal season of coaching. 2020, obviously, hubbed the whole time. And then 2021, we were, you know, we were suffering with injuries. Do you think that impacted the players in terms of the culture? Because I think the way we see it was that he had such a poor run equally the players had such a poor run because there was nothing to bounce off that he was getting, you know, hurled at by the media for poor performances. The players couldn't really rely on him to spark any energy when I don't think he had any energy himself coaching that team. So what did you sort of make of that? Do you think there was a direct correlation between the players' culture and the coaching culture? Yeah, I, I yeah, bang on there. It's It was... It was negative energy bouncing off negative energy, and it was just there was like nothing was going right. So we like there was no like spark to light the flame, and without that, we were just kind of bouncing in this like we we're just like kind of plateauing as a football club in general. It was like we had this fall, and then from 2015 onwards, it's been a steady rise obviously with fluctuations here and there. But from 2020 onwards, it kind of just felt that we plateaued. Maybe even 2021 onwards, we just kind of plateaued. And there was nothing that could, on the both the player's sense and the coach's sense, that could spark anything. And it was weird when you speak about the culture because from the outside looking in, the players all seemed to get along pretty well. It's obviously a quite it's a young list, right? So there's also like similar age brackets, similar like growing up, like they have they can relate to each other a lot more than perhaps other lists that we've had in the past, where it's been much more like split between the like there's been a lot of players between like the twenty seven to thirty one bracket, and then that's pretty much it. Um, yeah, the I think culture is very underrated, like not underrated, but it's undervalued by most people. I think when you look at teams that have had success, especially from out of nowhere, like Richmond, when one season they were rubbish, the next season they were like winning the flag. It's because they just built that culture and they built that 
us against them mentality where it's all of us, all 22 players are fighting for a cause, right? I just don't think we had that in 2021. It was kind of a free-for-all when we were playing. There was no cohesion. Well, I guess I sort of, you know, thought about this right now that when you talk about teams who have had that quick culture change and I was just thinking like membership-wise, every year we get something like a quote or something that about them coming, whereas maybe I'm wrong to say this, but I feel like I haven't heard that much about those sort of quote thingies this year, which sort of shows that they're not feeding into that pressure, relying on one type of quote to lead them into the season that, at least if there's expectations, they're setting them within the club, not yeah. whatever the board wants to set or, you know, marketing, et cetera. So I think, I don't know, but do you think that's a positive thing? I, I see that as something that is growth for a team that has often just, you know, given in to those type of things in the past to live up to those expectations. Yeah, uh, I think the, the less... Obviously, you want to hear talk about your club, right? And you want to hear confidence that, yeah, we expect to play finals, right? Because you don't want to... Like, you don't want Michael Voss to come out and say, oh, we're just going to be competing or whatever like Bolton used to say, right? But, like, not having this massive, like, market yet, like you said, marketing slogan or this, like, phrase that, oh, we're coming or whatever, like, can you smell what the Blues are cooking or whatever, like, stuff like that. Um it's just about keep, like keeping it in house, and the more you keep it in house, the more it bounces off each other, it bounces off the walls, and it cultivates that energy. And the less the media know about our expectations, the less they can speak about it. So, for me, that's only a positive. It is, and I guess it's nice to not have to stick to anything that has been presented to us and we can at least have a bit of an open mind. We'll move on to now the key personnel changes, coaching-wise. So obviously, Teague was departed and Voss came in from Port Adelaide as an assistant. So he's now become our senior coach. Uh, Aaron Hamill came back. Well, he was at the Blues originally, went over to the Saints, and now he's come back. He's in our backline coach. Ashley Hansen, forward line defensive coach. I'm not too sure, not too sure about him. I know he played at West Coast during that premiership era, which is important. You yep. always want that experience. Tim Clark, midfield coach. Uh, Luke Power, still there, head of development. So he was there last year. Daniel O'Keefe, development coach in the midfield. Cruz is still there as a ruck coach, which I really like. I like yeah, previous so. rucks staying in the role. Aaron Greaves, coaching innovation manager, and Torrin Baker, development coach. So those are our, not all of them are changes, but a couple there are new faces. So it's quite a new group, which from a player perspective, is that a scary prospect having to completely learn new culture values, I guess. Tactical implementations are different. Is that a scary process or is that something you can at least be excited for knowing that there's change coming? I think, yeah, like anything, like change is always scary to some extent, right? Um, but it's good. I think it's, it's exactly what this playing group needed because Teague, Teague didn't make that many changes to his coaching stuff, I don't think, from the Bolton era. It was pretty much just Bolton out, Teague in, and everything else stayed the same as far as I know. Um, so just fresh faces because, it, like we said, we – I think we just plateaued 
and there was no spark. Whereas new coaching staff, new tactics, new models, new values can just can light that spark. So yeah, I'm I'm happy with. Obviously, I don't know. Like I'm not too clued up on the quality of each of every one of these coaches, right? But new faces is better than having the same old rubbish, to put it frank, that we've had for the past decade, pretty much. Yeah, that is true. I, I mean, let's talk a bit about Voss quickly. We know him more for what he's done as a player, and we honestly probably don't. We I don't remember anything don't from him playing, so we don't. Even, we just know and have heard of what he did as a player, and I guess experience-wise, someone who knows what the winning culture is like. I mean, a three-peat team has happened, what, twice over the last 20 years, so that's quite, quite rare. He's come over from Port Adelaide. He did start at the Lions in, I think, 2009, and he was there yeah. until 2011, and he did. He, he made finals within the first year where they beat us in that elimination final, and I think from there on they sort of declined yeah and a lot of people sort of have looked at that and judged him off that but I think that Lions side was quite poor and it was falling apart because most of those premiership guys well they either were retiring and the new guys were coming through so I'm not really going to look too much yeah. into that he has been at Port Adelaide for the last couple of years I don't know how long he's been but he must have been there for quite a while he's obviously been under a system that has worked for Port Adelaide since at least the 2019 period onwards, making the prelims the last two years. How important is that for a group that hasn't tasted finals? And I don't think there's anyone, any player left that was in that 13 final apart from Ed Kerno, yeah. I think. But, um, yeah, what do you think about that? Is that really important? Will that make yeah. a really big difference? Yeah, 100%. And... Just quickly on on Vossa Brisbane, I don't I don't think anyone should take anything from that at all because that was pretty much a decade ago. He was coaching his mates like Brown was in that team, Black was in that team. It's it doesn't work. That dynamic doesn't work. And he moved literally from playing to coaching, like that. So we shouldn't take anything into that. Like we shouldn't look at that as some sort of barometer, right? But. His stint at Port, yeah, is very important um, because he's now, he's got expectations. Like, he already had expectations as a player, right? Now he's been at Port. He's been in a system that's been through finals, been through prelims. He has expectations like no one else, right? So yes. it's it's not only the, the knowledge that he got from it and the experience in terms of playing finals, how to coach through finals, but also what to expect and how to get there. It's all good to be like, all right, guys, we need to play finals. But if we don't know how to get there, then what's the point? Whereas Voss knows how to get there. Because that port side, oh, like, again, I don't know exactly when he came in, right? But it was kind of from, like, 2016, 17, 18, it was his slow rise. 19, this slow rise, and then 20, bang, prelim, 21, prelim. That He knows that process to, well, to some extent anyway. Well, what I've liked seeing at least what we've got from the media team, his comparison and sort of that openness to describe the relationship he had with those Port players compared to the, you know, compared to our players. I think he compared, you know, Sam Walsh to I think the likes of Boak. Either, um, I, I, you know, I could be wrong, but it was something along those lines where he was making those comparisons. And I guess when those guys 
have reached such a high level making the prelim, I think that's really refreshing, at least for those type, for those players to hear that they're doing the work required to at least at, at, at least reach that level. So, you know, what do you make of that? Is that something that can boost the confidence? Because I guess that can conversely create a bit of pressure on like players like Walsh that they don't want yeah. to fall below that standard. Well, yeah, well, Wines, when he won the Brownlow, was like Voss was a big part of this, right? Like of him winning the Brownlow. So that, that yeah, that would only give players like Walsh in particular confidence. And I don't think Walsh is one to, like, falter under expectation. So, yeah, for me, that's only a good thing, that he had such an influence over that port midfield. And coming over to Carlton, it should, for me, have the same same effect. Obviously, to a lesser extent, because he's the senior coach and he needs to be a lot more, like, macro in his management style. But, yeah, to a similar extent, there should be an upwards trajectory in our midfield and the individual performances of our midfielders. Well, I think time we move on to our player analysis, I think we can sort of integrate a bit more of what we've said about Voss during these players in it, these player analysis is because... There are quite a lot of relationships that have developed since that time. And I think if we go back 12 months about what we were saying about these players would be a lot different to what we're saying now, just in terms of position, positioning, tactical awareness. These players are probably going to be a bit different under Voss's system. So yep. let's start right at number one, Jack Silvani. I mean, we know what to expect from Jack at this point. He's going to give 110% all the time. And I... I really love the way he's opened himself up to be quite diverse in where he can play across the ground. Really, you can put him anywhere and he'll do the job he needs to. Played pretty well yesterday against the Saints. He was able to read the ball really well, got himself involved physically really early on, got that hold on the ball tackle. So we already, he's still, he's progressed really well into season 22 from 21. No decreases in performance really only seems like he's improved what can jack do better i guess this season and what can he maintain that will keep him at that really high level um i don't think he needs to improve drastically on anything because he's not like a sam walsh or a crips he's he's a role player right and he like that's not saying he's a bad player at like at all because you need role players and he can do his role wherever it is very well. So there's nothing for me, probably just like adapting to scenarios a little bit quicker. That's for me, the only thing that he needs to, to fix. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm interested to see whether Voss will play him as a a follow-up Ruckman during most of the year. I guess I'm not sure if Deconian is meant to be background one. Or not, but I, I'm assuming it's going to be Pittenet as your main, of course, and then Jack as a follow-up. So I guess when you're down a couple of forwards, whether you take the risk of putting Jack in the ruck, Pitto's off, or you lose a tall forward, in a sense. So where do you see him play, playing most of his footy this year? I don't think he'll be in the ruck. Uh, purely because of, like, I think he played there last season out of necessity. And I think Harry will spend more time in the ruck um, because Charlie's back. Um, 
Yeah, I so I don't necessarily see him playing the ruck. I I can see him playing in the midfield a little bit if we need a big body, and other than that, he'll float off half forward. I I think, and that's what yeah. I think his best position is. But yeah, Jack can pretty much play anywhere. So I'll ask this for every player. So starting twenty two, yes or no? Absolutely. Yep, and Good that's the, yep, definitely a yes for me. Number two, Paddy Dow. Uh, I'll start with what I think because. Personally, I'm a little sick of Dow purely because of the amount of time he's had in our system and the sort of, I guess, lack of development, you could say. I guess he has improved, but not to the extent someone who went that high in the draft should be having after three or four years. And I guess with a poor culture, poor you know, poor system, it's harder to develop. But look, when you're constantly bouncing in and out of the twos, I just don't think... Well, time is really running out at this point. I yeah. think it's this. This I was lenient last year, but this year, it's it. I don't think if he if he doesn't play any more than uh, I'd like to say five or six senior games, you need to get rid of him personally. I just don't think he's an asset for our midfield unless he really unless he plays well. Because yeah. if he doesn't play well, he doesn't he doesn't exactly. do anything at all. Yeah. So what? Yeah, what do you think? With Paddy, what's your? I mean, I guess we're pretty similar in our views, but where will his best football come if he does get a role in the in the seniors? It's yeah, consistent. Like so, the consistency is his biggest thing. Like he like yeah, just continuity in the side and continuity in a, in one set game plan, because the VFL team, the VFL and the AFL, while I assume that implement the similar similar philosophies, it's not the same in terms of tactics and micro-tactics. Um, yeah, so continuity in the side is very important. And because, like you said, he doesn't impact games when he's not playing well, like someone like a Walsh does that or like a Mackay does that, when they're not playing well, they just do enough to almost play well, in a sense. Um, he is, at this stage, our bench midfielder, if that makes sense. Like in our twenty-two, he's on the like on the interchange as our midfielder, in my opinion. Um, because he's got he's got that explosiveness, he's got that while he doesn't have like the, the ball use, very good he's very good instinctively and very good on the inside. Um yeah, I just I'm confident with him this year. I don't know why. I think it's off the back of his 2021, like that end of season, he played really well. So hopefully he can just kick on and play well this season. Well, no, I agree. I think he, what he showed, at least I remember, I think it was the Collingwood game where, like, his best is actually really good. I yeah. think, like, he he can get to the standard, but it's just consistency whether that whether whether that will become reoccurring thing of him being able to play good footy week in week out. It's really the determining factor. So I guess starting twenty-two, yes or no? Just, just about. Although, for me, he's in that bracket where he can float in or float out, which is something not good for him. He needs to be in the side. But about by about round ten, round ten, he needs to have locked a place in the side for me. Um, but yeah, he's on the fringes. I think he sneaks in just about. Yeah, I, I'm. Yeah, I'm on the border as well. I think, I, I think it's it, it's only sneaking in if he plays consistent footy. I think because 
I think about it this way. I wouldn't put him in against someone like Richmond. I think he's a major liability in that midfield who will get outrun and just... Yeah. Uh, so that's why I think it's... Yeah, he's really going to have to show something consistently in the VFL. Otherwise, not for me, unfortunately. Uh, number three, Jesse Motlop. Look, I think we can just accept that he'll probably play most of his footy in the reserves this season. Yeah. A lot of people see him getting a start, but he's quite raw. He's just come in a low possibility, but I don't think we know too much about him as yeah. of yet. He played, obviously, his footy in the waffle, so I guess he does have a little bit of senior experience. But probably not enough to say, look, round one, you're walking into this side. Yeah. So I guess Motlop's a bit of a wait and see his reserves progress. But we'll move on from him. Uh, number four, Lockie O'Brien. Uh, same as Paddy Dow for me, but I quite think O'Brien should have got the flick at the end of last season. And what we saw yesterday of O'Brien hasn't changed. He just has his left foot. Otherwise, not much else going for him. He'll have good moments here and there but it's just his left foot. So clearly Voss really, really loves it and thinks he's a massive asset in that club to keep him there, to be quite honest, because I don't think he's the player that is anywhere near AFL standard. Well, yeah, he's on the rookie list, so you would assume it's his last chance. I'm I'm a bit bullish about O'Brien. I, he, like, when he plays well, I think he's like Dow, when he plays well, he can be like we saw in that St Kilda game last season. He was very good, but that was his only good game of the season. So it's just about consistency. And if Voss can build a midfield tactic which gets the best out of him playing on the wing, so be it. Like that's great. And hopefully, like no, like we all like we don't want to see players do poorly, right? We want to see every player on the list be very good in whatever they're meant to be doing. Um, so, yeah, hopefully O'Brien can reach the standard that we expected or that we expect of him. Well, I look, I personally, I'm going to say no for a start in 22 just because if it doesn't look like he's really improved in the off-season. And I don't... I, I maybe, I mean, maybe I'm harsh and just because I've had this sort of pessimistic opinion on him. But personally, I, I think he'd like... I think he'd have to do more than Paddy to actually get a... Like yeah. A, yeah. a regular start in that 22. So he's a no for me. What about I, you? I think it helps that he plays on the wing. Yeah. Because we've got like three wingers in the whole team. Um, I think he starts just like, again, we're going to, the more we, st- we say, oh, like he's on the fringes, but he might start, he's probably a bad view of our list as a whole. But if, if he was, if he, Put it this way: If he was anywhere, if he was playing anywhere other than on the wing, he wouldn't. He wouldn't play. Yeah, I, th- I, I think. Uh, yeah. I think he might play purely out of necessity and purely out of the. We don't want to play Walsh out there, Chara out there, anyone like anyone like that out there. We need a proper winger, and O'Brien is probably the only proper winger on our list. Well, it was a good leading to Adam Chera, number five. I love what I saw from him yesterday, and I feel like I didn't really notice what he did at Frio that much. And I guess it was made more apparent yesterday because he does all that he needs to do as an inside midfielder. He's not, I thought he was, he's not someone like Walsh who likes to manipulate the game and get into those positions where he controls it. He just gets to the right spot, gives it off, 
gets to where he needs to be. He's there. He's very crafty, and I don't think I really realised that till watching him. For Carlton, I guess, I mean, when you're watching Freo, you don't pay that much attention, but, I, I, yeah, I love him, and I think yeah. he was probably my favourite pick-up so far. Yeah. Not that there was a lot, but, yeah, yeah. I, I've loved what I've seen from him. He was very good, very good um, against St Kilda, and he works very well in space, as I saw. When he's when he's given the ball in space, he can really do duck. He can really damage. Um, probably the only, for me, the only... Not criticism, but is he's a little bit not weak. Weak is a very very harsh word, but he's doesn't have the strength in the hips that someone like a Crips does. So he can't break tackles. He can't go through three players like Crips does. Um, so yeah, he just needs to because he got caught holding the ball a couple of times. I noticed. So he just needs to find that balance about where to position himself, when to play, when to take a tackle on, etc. But they'll come with time. They'll come with. Like continuity in the squad, knowing your teammates more. So yeah, I don't think that's too much to worry about for Chara at this stage. Well, I guess it's easy. Yes, for starting twenty-two. No, I don't. Yeah. yeah. So we'll move on from Chara. Number six, Zach Williams. What we saw from him last year, I, I guess overall was disappointing. I I didn't see it as that terrible purely because I just don't think he worked under Teague's system at all, and I don't think he was comfortable in that team at all. So I wasn't too concerned with what I saw from him because like even what we saw yesterday, he looked so much he like looked much more comfortable in the role he was playing and it seemed like he enjoyed being on that halfback flank instead of just being known as the halfback flanker. You've got to make those runs. You've got to find that kick. I think he manipulated the way he played a bit better and yeah. I think his teammates are actually starting to understand his running patterns a little bit better, whereas last year it didn't seem like there was a lot of cohesiveness with the patterns that were going. Teammates would sort of run in weird directions that didn't really help him out. So what are your thoughts? Well, at least your expectations for him going on to this season, because I think it's really different what we expect this season since he's not that fresh face, that yeah. big expectation. Um, well, like obviously he needs to improve, right? And obviously, by the looks of things, he's going to play off the half back line almost exclusively. I don't think he, I don't think he gets under the centre bounce against the Saints. I'm not, I'm not too sure about that. But um, yeah, I, he just needs to find that connection with Saad. And we expect both of them are going to start off the half back flank in any like normal circumstance. So it's just about finding that connection and and exploiting his assets, which is his kicking, his pace. Is his like power, um, and just being like using those to full effect, and then just being competent at like defensively because he's not going to take the most dangerous small forward. So he's like when we're versing Brisbane, he's not going to take Charlie Cameron or anything like that. So there is a little bit less defensive emphasis on his game naturally because of that. Um, but yeah, hopefully he just needs to improve, and I think we all, I think we all think he will. Because a new coach, new regime, fresh start, he'll kick on in 2022. And, yeah, that's he'll, he'll start, he'll play every game that he's fit. There's no worries on that end for me. Well, yeah, he's a start in 2022 for me. I think, I think we're just hoping he plays consistent footy, but at least consistent footy that he enjoys playing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that, that's sort of our main thing for him. 
Number seven, Matt Kennedy. I'll let you start on this one. Tell me what you want to tell me about him and what you expect. Yeah, he, Matt Kennedy, uh, I loved Matt Kennedy's, especially his second half of the season. In probably apart from Walsh and Mackay, he was our best player from like around 15 onwards, around 16 onwards. Um, he just kept going and going and going, and he was that midfield help for Cripps that we lacked or that we thought we had. We set a field, and then he kind of dipped off, unfortunately, in 2021. He's he proved to be that big body. Now with Hewitt, I don't necessarily think he needs to be as good as he was because now he's got help. Um, and then like everyone can help each other and work around each other. So what do you, like, I'll throw back at you. What are your, like, where do you see him sitting at about round 15, round 16? Where do you see Matt Kennedy being in terms of the, holistic view of the squad. Well, he should be he, he should be in that squad every week. Personally, yeah. that's what I think. Uh, whether he plays inside, you know, as an inside midfielder, I, I don't think he needs to anymore. I think he's he okay. could, I, I want I want to see him play that 2019 style where he yeah. was just leaping at it and just being really demanding with the space he was running into. I mean, a game at 60, I think it was I, I think I remember the Adelaide St Kilda games 2019 where he was just he was just there and he was making an impact. He would he's someone who will take the load off Harry and Charlie I guess in that forward line and yeah. I think we've got a lot of creative players uh, at least smaller forwards that can make a lot of space this year. I haven't really seen that for a long time. I think we've had a lot of forwards that you know jam the space whereas I think you got people like Martin, Fisher, Kennedy. They are like really good runners. So I, I, I yeah, Kennedy for me has just got to stick in that half forward line. Uh, he's obviously can move into the the midfield. I just, I just don't think he needs to. At least I think yeah. it's more of a, if he needs to in a game, depending on X scenario, sure. Yeah. But I just think yeah. Yeah, I worth. think that's that's spot on. He's a scenario player. So if the other team have kicked two in a row and the, their confidence is up. Putting Kennedy in the midfield will shut that down pretty much instantly because he's that big body. He got very good anticipation of where the ball's going to go and he'll get it, lock it in, kill any momentum. And yeah, he'll do his role. He'll do his role. Starting 22? Yes. Yep. Easy. Fogarty, number eight. Uh, he didn't, he only played one half yesterday. Uh, which I think that was purely because he was playing in the reserves afterwards. Uh, he wasn't too involved, did a couple good things. I'm not sure what to expect with Fogarty because he had a really good start to 2021 and was sort of that unexpected breakout player. Yeah. The second half, I guess he was just not loving his footy as much. He didn't look as motivated each week. I mean, I think we'll start with, is he a starting 22 player for you? Yeah. Oh, I would be careful with how many players I say are because yeah. we'll, then we're going to have 26 players and you can't, can't do that. But, um, yeah, I think, he, I think he's good enough too. I think if he can do anything like he did in the first half of 2021, then, yeah, 100%. Because, he, like, for the first four or five games, he was electrifying. Like, he was really good. 
So, and he was probably our best our best pickup in terms of performance last year. I know he, he paid it off towards the end of the season and he got dropped, but for 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 a player who hasn't really had a consistent run under at Geelong, coming to a new team under tumultuous circumstances to an extent, he did more than his his role. And yeah, I think I think he has. Yeah, I think I think he can start because what I noticed and this moment sticks out in my head against Freo in round three last season. He started in the forward pocket, did good work, moved up to half forward, started having more of an influence, and then was bang in the next centre center bounce. So he can have that influence and he can build in that game, which I think is very important. So based off that, he can start next season. Well, yeah, I agree with what you said. I think Fogarty definitely is, is someone who did make a quite a good impact on the game each time. For me, he's probably a bench, starting bench yeah. player. I think you could probably find better options than him as a starting, but he's, I like that he's a depth player in a way now, as long as you've got a fit 22, that's, that's of course, but uh, no, I do like what we've seen from Fogarty so far. I think he can only, I think he'll improve. Yeah. Yeah. So it will be interesting to see what, where he goes. Number nine captain, sole captain this year, Patrick Cripps will sort of, fly over Cripps just a bit more to get through these players because I guess we know what to expect from him. But he was one of those players I wanted to touch on with the relationship with Voss. I think we're expecting something different. And he looked fit. Yeah. He looked – and my, like, initial thoughts were that he looked like he'd figured his body out in a way in terms of, yeah, weight and shape. Yeah. Yeah, because obviously we had that whole whole losing weight thing, which – was like completely wrong, wrong because that took away his biggest asset. Um, but yeah, he looked trim. He looked, he looked like not bulky. Like he didn't look big, like overly big. But he just looked like he would, like that was his perfect body type of thing. Um, so yeah, hopefully, like Voss will know how to get the best out of him because he's a. Brownlow medals, three-time Premiership player, playing in a similar, like obviously a little bit different players, but similar role, similar. Um, that's that similar assets for like obviously I didn't watch Voss that much, but from what I've read and what I've heard about him, this they were similar players, they they're similar-ish players, so Voss will know how to get the best out of him, hundred percent. Number ten, Harry Mackay, same with Cripps. I mean, what? There's not much to really analyze with him because he he, he is like the most like elite of his type of player. So like there's yeah. not much you can really look at. Uh, uh, interesting question: Does he go back to back in the common? I'd, I'd love to see it. Yeah. I don't. I think you'll get more attention off defenders, and teams will have tactics to stop him. So I doubt it. And going back to back in the common is pretty tough. No, I don't think not a lot of players have done it for what I can remember anyway. So um be good to see, hopefully, maybe Charlie this year. Hopefully. You know, I would love it. I think, I mean, we'll touch on Charlie a bit later, but I think, I think Charlie, personally, I don't think he'll return to what he was at. Yes, I, I just, it yeah. just doesn't look like he's that, it's and probably you, just the system thing as well. But Yeah, like we'll speak about him when it's his turn, right? But you expect that. He's coming off yep. pretty much not playing footy for two years. 
or for two and a half, or for one and a half seasons. Lucky, yeah. he's not going to be that. Like, if any player in any sport doesn't play for eighteen months, they're not going to be the same as as they were before. Yeah, uh, I mean, we didn't. We uh, we can easily say starting twenty two for Crips and Mackay. We'll yeah, yeah, just just about. Just, yeah, yeah, just about. Probably uh, on the bench. <laughs> probably on the bench. <laughs> Number eleven, uh, Mitch McGovern. Funny looking at the club website, he's still listed as a key forward. That will not be the case. You, no. you did assume. I guess he can go up forward. Yeah, he can. Too. He can if we need. But I mean, I think another one like uh, Fogarty does. He start in your starting twenty-two. Yes. Yeah. As a defender. Yeah. I think if I think if he was playing as a forward, probably not. Not. Yeah. But as a defender. Yes, out of necessity, you could say. But I thought from the from the St Kilda game, he played he played well as a defender. He, he didn't do anything like he didn't play bad. And for his first proper outing as a defender against an opposition, it was a pretty good start, in my opinion. Well, uh, yeah, I agree with what you said. I think he played well. I think well is the right word to say because he didn't play insanely great, nor was it a bad yeah. performance. But with Mitch, do you, like where's where do you draw the line in terms of performances for him? Because I guess the problem with him transitioning into a new role is that, like, how long do you give him to solidify that spot? Because I guess you can't say, oh yeah, round one you had a shit performance, you're out. Yeah. Um, well, I guess it'd be circumstantial, right? If if he yeah. if like round one to six he gets dominated, he's like his direct opponent kicks four every game, then yeah, right, fair enough. He's just not, and it's not him being a bad footballer. It's just him not fitting in that role, which is completely fine because not, not every, not every failed forward has to be an elite defender. So yeah, like, but I, I don't think that'll happen. I think, I think he'll play pretty much every game as that third intercept defender. Um, but it's probably about just. If it, okay, if we at the end of every game, if we if the first talking point is oh Mitch was bad or Gov was not not up to it for a consistent period, then that's probably that's probably where you're like okay, it's this hasn't worked. But I don't th- I think I don't think I don't think that'll be the case. I I really I back him in terms of his ability because he just I feel like he might suit being a defender a little bit more. I don't know. Is that where you're sitting on him as well? Well, I've always had this thing that, and it, oh, I so, sort of started when that 2020 game against St Kilda, where Jaron Geary went up to the forward line and completely gave us a bath. Because I think that you somehow you, I guess if you're a forward, you know how to defend much better yeah. because you play that role. So I I don't I completely like the fact that he's playing in the back line because I think. There's no one better to read a forward's play than a previous forward. Yeah. Um, but I think with McGovern, it's very, like, it's instrumental that he plays well because I think we'll know straight away whether it was worth the change or not. I think yeah. it will be very obvious. So I'm a bit worried because if it doesn't go the right way, then I guess we have Lewis Young, but I don't think he's as developed no. yet. But, yeah. I, I, yeah, I think he will maintain a spot. I'm just... Still, just wanting to see against a couple different teams. I guess Melbourne will be a great indicator 
Because yeah, really because we like... uh, yeah we've got that exact comparison with Jake Lever. Yeah, we can literally compare their games because they play they're going to play pretty much the same role. Yeah. So um yeah, it'll be good to see. So I get we sort of both start in twenty two. I I'd say yes. I'd say yes, but I think you can move him out quite easy if he doesn't stand up to those expectations. Now number twelve, Tom DeConing. I mean, we'll leave injury-wise whatever's going on with his shoulder because I think he'll play most of the season anyway. Um, I've I've always liked him from when he started. I think he, he's shown he's got the like class to yeah. become quite a good ruckman and even pushing forward. I like that he can really switch just like that yeah, going he, from the ruck to the forward line. Yeah, like it's his Matthew Cruiser 2.0 in my yeah. opinion, obviously. Different players in some sets, in some senses, but also very similar players in others. So, with Cruiser at the club coaching, hopefully, as much knowledge can be passed down to Tom. And yeah, for me, for me, he's, he's starting twenty-two when fit. Um, does he play alongside Pitonet? I think he. I think if possible, yes, because Tom can go forward more than Pito can, but Pito isn't a slouch going forward like we saw last season. He went there at times and he had a little bit of an impact. He's a big body, especially if Harry's off the ground or something like that. Then, yeah. So, I think Tom, I'm, I am I like where Tom, Tom's game has um, progressed, especially from from last season. I think he got better as he played more and more games. But, um, yeah, he's the modern-day the modern day Ruckman, very athletic. So, yeah, I'm, I'm happy with his progression. And for me, he starts... When like I don't think is he fit for round one. I don't. I can't remember. It will be either round one or round two. Yeah. So yeah, whenever he's fit, he'll he'll be a twenty-two. He'll be. But I did see him before the game yesterday. He was out there doing tap work just before. So obviously he's yeah. Yeah. We'll see where he goes. Yeah, and he's starting twenty-two for me. Uh, Number thirteen, Liam Stocker. I mean, we've sort of loved seeing him progress. He's he's so fun to watch. And yeah. I think he's just sort of burst out of the blocks. I'd love to see him start. I think he should, at least. Where yeah, where, where do you stand with him? He will. I think he's he's the archetypal Michael Voss player, in my opinion. That like that. He's a he's a prick. Like to yeah. pretty much yeah. say it like that. Like he you hate to play against him, but when he's on your team, you absolutely love him. So. Yeah, when hopefully the the ankle injury, there's no setbacks in rehab, and then when he's fit, he'll play. Yep, I agree. I don't think there's much more to add for him. I think it's just a matter of time before he really establishes himself as a like consistent 22 player. He was sort of already reaching that stage at the end of last year, so I guess it's just building on that this year. Liam Jones is still on still on the club website. Absolutely. Awkwardly, so we'll move on. To... <laughs> Sam Doherty, number 15. I've been really confused with Doc because I'm actually not sure what to expect this year. Yeah, Sam. So I'm uh, not sure whether it's... Yeah, I, I'm I'm not putting any expectations on him. Yeah, I've, because I, I think we'll... Yeah, like his health is infinitely yeah, times one. more important than football, right? So, so I, yeah, I think we'll just sort of leave Doc because, yeah... I, we know what he's like anyway as a player, so it's not like we're yeah. Yeah, as much to comment on. He, yeah, his experience is set in stone as a player. Yeah. Yeah. So number 16, Jack Carroll. 
uh, one of our pickups from the 2020 draft, I think. So he played most of his um, season. Well, he had a shoulder injury, I think, at the end of 2020 that he didn't actually start playing till the middle of 2021. Uh, okay. I watched him in, in the reserves at the end of the year. And he, he stood out. He's very, very gritty. He, he's a very physical player. Likes to read the play outside the contest and make those little connections through the middle of the ground. He's definitely put on some muscle in the off-season, what we've seen on those pictures. Yeah. I think, personally, he's not a start in 22, but that's not because of his ability. It's just a development thing. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. There's, there's probably just players more experienced ahead of him. So, yep. um, hopefully, he can make his debut this season. It'll be good to see. Um, there's been a lot of hype around him. So, yeah, easy. He won't start um, unless obviously there's injuries. But yeah, hopefully, in the resis, the VFL the gets a proper season, and then he can progress through there. Because he's still only 19. So, yes. yeah, yeah. He was the youngest in his draft group, so he's oh, yeah, he's I th- he must be the young- oh, well, he's not the youngest anymore in the group, but yeah, still still a lot of time for development. Number seventeen, Brody Camp. Um, but he played forward yesterday, which I'm still not too sure if that was a permanent change or it was just a no, Harry, let's just try something out. So I'm very yeah. confused how to analyze yeah. him in that way because I'm not actually sure what. I, personally, I don't even think he walks into our twenty-two. But yeah, no, yet again, same like Carroll. He's got he's he's still just got development, but he's still yeah. got you can tell he's got it. And I, what I, I like what I saw from the Port Adelaide game, very good, very good leap, able to impact the you know the contest when it comes down into our defensive fifty. Yeah. So I'm liking what I'm seeing. At least it's yeah. good signs. You could you know much better than saying oh look you don't you don't know you might not do that well. So we'll move past Kemp. Uh, Sam Walsh, yeah, I'd like. Is there anything to say? There's not much to say. Well, we'll do his role. Brownlow, Brownlow, Walsh, right? Brownlow. The brand, correct. Brownlow. Should have won it last year. Yeah. Well, or Brownlow Crips, maybe joint joint winners. Joint winners. And then Kurt, Kerner McCoy, joint Coleman. Imagine that. Oh. And yet we'll still finish like 11th somehow. There's some sports bet. Multi yeah, oh, on that yeah. right now. Imagine. There is something on that. Yeah, but we'll move past Walsh. He, we know what he's going to do. He's a starting 22 in any team. Corey Durden, number 19. Terry Degani's favourite, obviously, sponsor. Uh, I, I liked what I saw from him. And even I remember as well, I saw him in the reserves. And he really takes takes the game on. And someone that I think will be quite, like, Betts-esque in a way. Like, yeah. I can see that a little bit. So, I, I, yet again, another fringe player is just going to stay in the reserves, which I... I I think injuries will be the only way he comes in, but he's definitely on the right track. Yeah, in my like, yeah, like he he he'll be twenty one by the time the season really gets underway. So he's like, and playing that small forward role, he can come in if there's an injury, and he knows his craft. Like he knows what he needs to do. So um, yeah, there's he's on he's he's only going up, and he doesn't he doesn't need to play twenty odd games a season, um, especially this season. So. Yeah, he'll he'll be right playing in the reserves for a bit. Number twenty, Lockie Plowman. Floor's all yours because you love Plowman. So go ahead. Oh, I don't, I don't, I don't so. love him. That's that's. I, I love Sam Walsh. <laughs> I don't love Lockie Plowman. All due respect, Lockie, but I I like him more than a lot of other people because I think he's so underappreciated in most circles. Um, 
And what, for me, is frustrating about the response to him is every, every player makes mistakes. Even Sam Walsh makes mistakes. I know that's a shock to some people, but he does, right? But for whatever reason, whenever Lockie Palmer makes a mistake, it's always amplified and by everyone. And yes, he makes a mistake. He's playing in defence. That's just the nature of the beast. When you're in defence and you make a mistake, it's probably going to cost your team a goal. But I just think he's very, very underappreciated by most people because he can shut down a lot of good small forwards. And yes, he'll get he'll get beaten on occasion, right? Because Charlie Cameron will 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 beat any defender if he if he like on his day. Same with Tom Papley, same with Liam Ryan, same with anyone, right? But against ninety percent of small forwards on ninety percent of every game, he'll 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 win that battle, in my opinion. Um, and he's he's also got a bit of size about him, so he can play taller if needed. Although I don't I don't like him there, but if absolutely needed, he can. So um, yeah, uh, he's starting twenty two for me. Is that for you as well? Yeah, no, he is for me. I'm like I'm similar to what you think, and I I think like you said, the hate comes off just only his mistakes. I think people forget he's like you say he's a very well-minded player he knows how to read the play really well and I think that's a lot more important than making a couple of mistakes a game because yeah like you said like how many defenders have a good day on Liam Rye and Tom Papley yeah exactly they don't and uh, like of my only he'll make clumsy mistakes which fair enough and most players will yeah but I don't I, like I don't think it's enough like yeah and, and- my question to anyone else is well, who takes his spot then? Exactly. We no saw we saw Stocker try to take his spot, and he got he got killed against yeah. what Ryan Papley and someone else. He yeah. got murdered in those four in those games that he didn't play in the middle of the last season. And I just want to touch on obviously why he didn't play those games was that that game against Hawthorne oh, that yeah, incident with Jerry That. I, I was so happy when that happened. Not because of, obviously, not because he got suspended or anything like that. Because there's been so much talk about him being soft, about being him weak and all this stuff. And for him to run through Yago and Mira like he did, I loved it. I loved it was it. great. And I remember being right in line with that play as well. And just, I was sitting on the wing and it was kind of like, I just saw two players go bang. It was great. It was great. But yeah, Plowman, yeah, he, start, he starts for me. Because yeah, like I said, I no one's going to take his spot realistically unless he like he really would have to have complete shocker to just get dropped, in my opinion. Uh, Twenty one, Jack Martin. I love what I saw from him. I mean, I guess that first game against Richmond was probably the best footy he could have played. I'm saying Richmond twenty twenty, by the way. Yeah. Um. I, like I, I love him as a player because I just think he's got the real nice crafty movement about him where he will break ankles in a way. He'll see yeah. outside of the contest and you don't know whether he's going left or right, whether he's finding the kick yeah. backwards, sideways. Like, you don't know. And, and I, I, yeah. I like that unpredictability about him. I think what, why that's a good asset for him is because he's very good overhead. That, for me, is his best asset. asset. 
he's he's what he's what one eighty centimeters, right? He's one eighty five, yet he can mark like a two two hundred centimeter K forward. He's elite overhead, and that makes him such a difficult proposition because who do you put on him? Do you put someone slightly taller? Because in that case, if the ball goes to the ground, Martin will have him. Yet if you put a small defender on him, he'll kill him in the air. He's yeah, he just needs to great. find that consistency, and then if he does, he'll be very de- very dangerous for us. Twenty two for me, twenty two for you. Yes. Yeah. Uh, on to number twenty two himself, Caleb Marchbank. I mean, I think about it now. If anyone's going to take McGovern's position, yep, it will be Marchbank. That's the way I think about it. So I think. If he's, uh, I think they were saying like round six or seven for him or something like that. And I think six rounds is enough time to figure out with McGovern if yeah. it's the right move or not. Yeah. So somehow it works yeah, very it works, well. Yeah, it works perfectly. Um, but yeah, I feel like I've forgotten what Mark Bank was like as a player. He was so unlucky with injuries. It's yeah. unbelievable. But he was very, like, from what I remember of him, that 2017 year, very good. Yeah. Very, very good. So. Hopefully he can find that form to, to some extent when he when he comes back, fingers crossed. There's no no more setbacks. That is true. I think another injury for him and that's it, personally. Uh, probably not because not yeah. because of football, just Unfortunately just, so, yeah. Just the cruel world of football, I guess, at the end Very of the day it's nothing world. to do with him. Uh waitering a sort of another Walsh and Mackay player. Yeah, it just on. I just Want to touch on quickly? He's now the leader of that back line. Yeah, he's the most experienced head. I, th- I just want to see how that, how he can command that, that back six because it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, that is true. I mean, I, I like. I, I mean, I love him as a vice captain option as well. I, yeah, personally, I would, I would have given him captaincy. I, mean, I, 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 I think he's the natural replacement. I don't think it's all. That is true. I, I think it's waitering. Yeah, it is waitering. I mean. Uh, personally, I've always liked a defender as a captain in any code. I mean, yeah. for you, it's Chelsea, John Terry. Yeah. Like you, yeah. they have like the best view of the ground twenty four seven. They can see everything that's in front of them, yeah. the movements, everything like that. So I just and also they they're always commanding pre- like they're a commanding presence. Like Weathering yeah. is this big body. Like yeah, you, like no one beats him. Like you got beaten once last season. No one beats him. So. Yeah, yeah, it's it's very easy. He's a twenty-two for both of us. Nick Newman, number twenty-four. He's been odd, honestly, because I f- sometimes I think he's injured, but he's like playing. But you forget he's playing. Yeah, he. He's yeah. Been, I feel like he's a bit more quiet this year. I mean, we saw him yesterday. In, yeah, I think he just plays his role very well to the point where we don't actually notice his playing in a yeah. way. Yeah, he'll, 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 it's almost as if you, at the end of the game, you're thinking, oh, Newman did nothing. And then you check the stats, he had 20 touches, touches six yeah. intercept six possessions, eight marks. He just, very solid. Just like, he's obviously not as good as Cade Simpson, right? Well, hopefully he can get to that level. But that Bane, that natural replacement, has got like, it's almost uncanny how similar they are. Left foot. Unassuming does his role very can be greedy at times. Like if he needs to put his head over the pill, he he, he does. Um, yeah, I'm I'm a big fan of, of Nick Newman. Twenty two. Yes. Yes. I'd say oh. yes for me as well. I think he could be bench. 
if he, like, yeah. if he kick his, his, yeah, anything really. But he sticks in that 22. 25, Zach Fisher. Um, I guess a lot of people have quite varying opinions on him. I think last year, I think it was uh, similar to someone like Williams, who they just did not click under Teague's system and didn't really enjoy their footy as much. He didn't look comfortable. Uh, I get, the only game I remember him being comfortable in was that practice match against St Kilda, and that was at the start of the season. And then yeah. he had that ankle injury, and then it just never clicked again for him. Yeah, he, has, he hasn't found his role yet. Is he a midfielder? Is he a winger? Is he a forward? What is he? Um, once he finds that, he's got the talent. Like no, no questions. He's got the raw footballing talent. Talent. Once he finds his his role in his position, I think that's that's the most important thing for him at the moment. At the moment. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's something I think Teague played around with too much, which yeah. may have slowed his development down. I think he's a, I think he's a starting twenty-two player, just, but only just because, not because of his footballing ability, just because his actual form going into round one. I just think he needs a bit more time, and then I'm got nothing against saying yeah, you're a twenty-two player. Yeah, I think. Yeah, oh, he's in just because, and what also is the pro to the the con of the, he hasn't found his position is that he's versatile. He can go on the midfield if he needs, he can play on the wing if absolutely necessary and can go forward and damage if necessary. So, yeah, I think that's a good asset to have. Number 26, Luke Parks. Don't think he... Did he play yesterday? Don't think he played yesterday. <laughs> he he did. did not play yesterday and uh, he didn't really play the back end of last season too much. Yeah, he played a couple of games early couple on. Couple games, but... yeah. Those, you know, that Freo one was the one that stood out for us quite a lot. I'm not sure with Parks. I guess he's one of those guys who will just be a week by week call up basis. Yeah, if, if someone if, if plays we need. poorly. Yeah. I, yeah, but I don't. There's a lot to really comment on him because but, he, he did good things. Yeah, he's, he he, yeah. he he wasn't bad. So yeah. and he's still only 21. So. Like he'll be like he'll be twenty two when in April. So he's got time and for a defender as well. They slow they, they do take a while to develop. Obviously we saw like with Jacob Oidering, right? They take a little bit longer to longer to develop. Um, yeah. There's nothing too concerning about Parks at this stage. Number twenty seven, Mark Pitonet. Um look, I have quite negative views on Pitonet and and just I think last year was like the first time I'd got really into like the stats side of the club and his stats just didn't impress me at all. And I, there's a positive to him and that positive is he'll win most of your taps, yeah, which is what you need. But the negative is that his hit out efficiency is extremely poor. He's yeah. really, really poor. And it was times where it was at like in the low twenties, mid twenties. And I know you're not going to get like, you know, 50, 60%. But I guess when you have like a such a impactful midfield, yeah, like we do now, it's so important that he like wins these hitouts effectively, not just hitting it to the ground. Yeah, that's I where think, I stand. Really. Yeah, it, it also comes down to midfield structure. 
because may- maybe at some stages he literally didn't know where his where, yeah. where Crips was running because he wasn't told or he like that wasn't in the tactics or whatever. But yeah, he's that big body, he's that reliable body, and I think he I think he plays purely just out of I well I don't think Tom will be fit. So in that case, then yeah, he plays round one. But I think he I think he's our starting twenty two. Obviously you might you might disagree, but I just think he's reliable enough and he 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 doesn't play poorly on a, on a regular occurrence for him not to be well yeah he he's a starting 22 because i mean he's our key ruckman you can't say no yeah. to him i think and i think i, I said this to Kira yesterday i said that the problem was that Cruz's exit was quite unexpected and we had no one waiting and yeah. you can say to Coney but he was still quite a way off and he's still he's still not there so like we had no one waiting yeah therefore bringing Pitto in was like I don't know I think we've just been stuck with a quite unexperienced ruck ruck lineup for the last couple years and I think it's uh I don't know because you can't he's he's not someone you get rid of as a player yeah yeah just it just I don't know how long you can wait until you have a ruckman that's really proficient and makes quite a big impact like you got a Nick Nat who like the reason their midfield is so strong is 90% because of him yeah. because he wins their taps. Yeah. But he does uh, start. Yeah. he do, Yeah. And also he's only played 33, like he's 25, but he's only played 33 games. So he didn't really play at all at Hawthorne. He only played a couple. And then he played obviously a majority of 2020 and um, summer 2021. So maybe his third, his third full season can show a little bit more improvement, but yeah, I think he starts. He's not an overly, what like, I was gonna say advanced, but like a yeah, I think advanced is the, is probably the right word because he he's not flashy. He just does his job as a ruckman that he needs to do, and then he moves on. So yeah, no, I agree. I just I think well, personally, I want TDK to be the main one. Yeah, so in the end. Number 28, David Cunningham. Uh, we'll sort of move past him because I don't really know when he'll come back. And that, that, the inj- They said the mid-season, but... Yeah, that's what the injury... But that's usually BS half the time. Yeah, and, and also I, I would, probably don't want him to come back no, too early. I don't... Yeah, I... I like, I, like I, I, I would rather... Because it's not like a an important player, I would rather him come back in round 17... Well, 14 to 17, and then play VF off the rest of the season. And then yeah, just no, get legs, true. get minutes, get the miles into the legs, have a full pre-season, and then we can assess him at the start of 2023. No, I agree. I think, yeah, it's it's a matter of time for him. I think he's, he's nice to know that you've got another depth winner. That's nice, considering we only have one or two more we can rely on. But, yeah, look, I think we can ride him off in a way. Yeah. I, I think it's fair to say that. Number 29, George Hewitt. Another player who I love watching. Very good pickup. Uh, very, like, very good. Just nice to have someone you can rely on in the middle and on the wing. Yeah. He just does what you need to do, which that's the thing. And, and this, I compare him straight away to someone like Nunes, who has been our main one for the last two years. Look yeah. at the difference. Like yeah. it is you know, outstanding difference. So, and, yeah, yeah, and he, he's, yeah, his pickup came a little bit 
under the radar because we're all focused on Chera. We're like, oh my god, we need Chera, 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 and then everyone's and then we just it, it almost came out of nowhere. We got George Hewitt. I was like, I, I honestly, my first reaction, I was like, who's George Hewitt? And then I looked, oh, he had thirteen tackles in the in the elimination final or whatever it was. I was like, all oh, right. Because he's a similar to like Newman, you don't really notice him. Yeah, but he just does his job, just does his role. He'll be great. Um, excited to see what comes out of him. Twenty-two double yeses, I'd assume. Yeah. Uh, Thirty fan favorite Charlie Kerno. Um, yeah, like we sort of touched on before. I don't think we're expecting anything. What we got, I think he's a new player in my opinion. We're we're looking at a different Charlie Kerno. What? He's still got that like charisma of being able to like move his body really well. It's just I think that leap is gone. Yeah, yeah he'll be a lot more careful. A lot I think more careful. He'll his role will be a lot more ground ball orientated, where he'll look to find stuff that's a lot yeah. lower to the ground. And, and he just, can do that. He can do that because yeah. he's so agile. Yeah, I mean we saw that yesterday. A nice play where he tapped down to I think it was always I didn't completely work out but he you know he, he taps around runs around finds that space yeah kicks from you know 55 miss but point is he still knows how to create those type of silky plays which is yeah. exciting to see yeah. and he kicked three behind yesterday but yeah on any other on any other day that could have been two goals one because yeah. it just didn't work out for him but yeah I think it'll be a different Charlie Kerner but it'll be similar results yeah, and I, yeah, I think I the difference between Charlie and Harry is Harry is your like over over a five game period, he'll he'll kick like two goals, three goals, two goals, two goals, whereas Charlie will kick seven one game, have one the next, two the next, and then he'll kick five. He's a little bit more up and down with his performances, but that's just him as a player. And you and you sacrifice the one goal game for the seven goal game the week before. Completely true. Starting twenty-two. Yep. Yep. Thirty-one. Tom Williamson. I guess what I saw yesterday, and I, I sort of thought I was a bit confused that he wasn't put up on the win a bit more. Uh, I mean, it, I, I think Voss obviously might not see that in here. Yeah. I think maybe we sort of overestimated the actual amount of time he'd get up there, just purely because of our situation at the moment. Yeah. With the lack. Of winners at the moment, but he's still impressed down back. I think, yeah, yeah. he's seemed to bulk up a bit more, which now he doesn't even look like a win player yeah, for some reason. Yeah, that, that's what I noticed. Oh, I looked at him yesterday. I was like, oh, he's he's filled out big time. Like he's a lot, not even just like a, like muscly, just bigger. Yeah, like he bigger. just looked like a bigger person. Um, so yeah, that's. And and if he's done that, that's obviously for a reason, which probably means he's going to be a little bit more defensive, I assume, because the more weight you put on, the less pace or explosiveness you have. I'm no I'm no biometrics expert, but I assume that's how that's how it would work in most cases. Um, so yeah, uh, maybe a little bit more of a defensive role for Willow in 2022. 22. No. Really. In that, he, he, oh, he's no, okay. He's probably on the fringe. He's yeah. probably he's probably your twentieth to twenty sixth player, but he doesn't get in for me. 
I think, I think. Yeah, interesting. Oh, he might start round one because Stocker's not fit. But assuming everyone, assuming obviously everyone apart from like your Cunningham's are fit, right? Because we can say that about anyone. Assuming all the short term injuries have recovered from, I don't think he plays. But yeah, yeah that, that's yeah, it's interesting. But uh, I like. He, I think he will crack into the side because he will, he has that hunger to, to, to play. So, um, yeah. Yeah, no, I agree with you to an extent. I, I think he, yeah, I think he just starts, and I think more of a bench starter yeah. rather than a you know an eighteen player. But it's interesting. I don't. I'm not too sure if Voss will put him up or anything. I think. The Melbourne game will be like another key yeah. indicator to see what is actually is going on with him. Yeah, it's a bit of wait and see. Jack Nunes, number thirty-two. Look, I got nothing against him. Like as a person, as a player, this is my take on it. That if we are serious as a club to play finals, he's not someone that yeah. should be on our list. And it's not because he's like terrible. He just isn't up to but, the standard. Yeah. And. Like we can say, he 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 made me the happiest I think I've ever been in a long time against Frio in 2020. Yeah, oh, that and is and true. he and That's... he he will live in Carlton folklore, right? That he will is, live in yeah. memory in our memory for a long time. But it's nothing against him. He just isn't up to that level that we want to be. No, and I mean he walks into a starting 22 in a North Collingwood Gold Coast. Yeah, like, and and. It, it's... That's no like it's not like he's a bad player. No. Like it's not like he's rubbish. He just like that's his level. He might yeah. So yeah, I think that's uh, he's a starter. It's starting twenty two is a no for me. Yeah, so I don't think he starts. But like he he's at least like yes, an option that you know he can play. Yeah, his role. If yeah, you like really it, need to. it's like if he plays ten games a season. Or if he comes, if he plays ten games, he says it. You will know from nine of those ten games, he'll give you a six and a half minimum, seven out of ten. Yeah. And from like, I have confidence in him to do that over ten games, sporadically throughout the season. Then twenty-two throughout. So yeah. Number thirty-three. Oh, it's got Lewis Young as thirty-three, but that's, yeah, I think is that his number. Let's oh, assume it's his number. Let's just talk about Lewis Young yeah. either way. And honestly, there isn't much to talk about him. I have no clue about him. Yeah, um, I'm not too clear up on him either. So yeah. I think it's, yeah. And I think a lot of people listening yeah. will be the same. So from, we'll skip over him. Yeah, so from what I know, he's a little bit more lockdown defender rather than yeah. intercept. So it's him and Ox- he's battling for Oscar McDonald's role Yeah. Um, rather yeah. than Mitch McGovern's, from what I know of anyway. Number 34, Sam Phil. I mean, I, I think we're going to agree he's going to play his role in the reserves, but he's yet again one of those, you know, we talk about, oh, who was it? We were saying players like Camp, they'll, yeah. they'll just keep progressing. It's yeah. a development yeah, I, thing. I, yeah, I didn't mind him yesterday against the Saints. Did you? Yeah, no, he was, I, I mean, I looked, I watched back some of the game and he actually created three of, like, our five chant goals in, like, the first quarter. Yeah, he's so, very crafty. Yeah. He he knows where to go. He knows where to get into his spaces. 
but it's yeah well, it's just a development thing i mean you can't it's, it's nothing against oh no you can't play it's yeah. just there's like, just it, ultimately it, players that will yeah he's still only over. 20 so like, yeah Ed Kerno, uh, yet again, we'll start with, is he a 22 player? Oh. It's very tough. It's very, very tough. Now, yes. I, and I, I don't personally know my answer either. Yes. Uh, I'll, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt and say yes because he's reliable. Like, he's the most reliable yeah. of, of, the, of, the, of the whole squad, in my opinion. Um. And we know what we're going to get through. It's not like he's reliable in terms of overall performance. He's reliable in terms of what he's good at. He's really good at. And what he's not, he's not. So we all know disposal efficiency perhaps isn't his strength, but he'll get you 33, 30 touches a game between that mark. And yeah. he's a really good player at getting the ball and getting it forward, which, yeah, you'd rather pinpoint someone from outside 50, but especially in scrappy games when you just need to get the ball inside 50 as much as possible. He's one of the best at it. Yeah, what's well, that? I mean, I'd say yes, only because I don't even really know how many players I've said yes to so far. Yeah, so it's, it's weird. <laughs> so, like, I think it's a... I don't know, it depends who I've already said yes to because I think he you've you got to compare him, I think, at the same time to other players of a similar type because... He may be in the best 22 players, but is he the best two in the role sort of thing? Well, it's him and George Hewitt. Yeah. He plays similar it's... roles, and if Voss wants to play two of the same player, then he plays. He if not, yeah. then yeah. Number 36, Josh Honey. Um, another one where I liked what I saw, he played at the back end of the season. Uh, he played yesterday. No, he I didn't. No, I, don't, okay. I don't think there so. There were a lot of small forwards. There were a lot of small yeah. forwards. Yeah, it was lot, interesting yeah. to see. Um, maybe but, he did, but maybe I just didn't rec- recognise yeah. it without the hair, without the the mullet. Um, but yeah, Josh Honey. Yeah, he's probably just another development thing. Uh, but I, I'm liking that we have a lot of options in the reserves that can yeah. really push for a spot yeah. and L- like they'll if, come yeah. in and make an impact. Like, like if. Like, I don't know, like one of our, say, like, Silvani goes down, right? Knock on wood, he, does, he, he doesn't, right? But if he does and Josh Honey comes in, I think most fans will be like, all right, fine, good. Yeah. Yeah. Which is relieving because we yeah. haven't had that, you know, that well, the luxury of having a reserves guy come in and you don't know. Like, you, we at least know they'll perform. And yeah. At least an 80% chance. 37, Jordan Boyd. Uh, was, look, I, he didn't impress me yesterday, to be quite honest. Yeah, he was a little bit, I was going to say nervous, but yeah, he, did, he didn't look up to it, did he? Yeah, yeah. I, I, it's, I just think he's much more underdeveloped than, Yeah. I uh, probably the most underdeveloped, and, and Alex Murkov, which we'll touch a bit later, but yeah, no, I... Yeah, the, and... He's he's twenty three, right? So he's got yeah, like he doesn't. Yeah, he it might be his his last year. His oh, last yeah, year. it's a pit. I mean, to be fair, not, he didn't get picked out of the you know yeah. season draft. It was just a mid season pickup. I think it's just a you know wishful thinking. See what you can make out of him. A 
Marlon Pickett sort of thing. But, I, yeah, look, I think it's a very low chance of those type of players making it through anyway. Yeah. Uh, 39, Oscar McDonald, another one of Terry's favourites. Um, it's it's so weird because he, like, played – what did he play the first? He, he played he, round one and then he had that back injury and he yeah. was out for, like – The whole season. The whole season. And when now he's playing like as a defender. Six or seven weeks he was meant yeah. to be out, apparently, and, you know. Well, yeah, well, now he's our he's our second best – well, second best. He's our second key defender, and he played there at Melbourne, and he played more than serviceable there. I think if you speak to most Melbourne fans, I'll say, yeah, he was good enough. Like, he, like maybe not good enough to be in a premiership team, but I'm not sure a lot of people would say, I don't know, Jake Bowie would be a lot of in in premiership teams at the start of this season, so yeah. you never know. And it's about structure. So I think he he played well yesterday. He he did his job. Um, he kept kept um Max King pretty quiet. So when he played on it, played on yep. him. So yeah, um, excited to see how he can how he can impact our in our defensive six. So would you consider him a twenty-two player? You would, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm. He's a he's a sub for me. The, oh, the, then who the, who, who the plays as that? Who plays as that second tall in defence? Yeah, I mean, it's a good point. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't know. I'm just. I think it's just because I've like forgotten. Yeah. What he was like. It's yeah. it's like it's it's hard to vision and we go through so many names and I'm like just you yeah. lose track of who you talk about, but. He's not a well. At least he's not a reserves player for me. Yeah, that's yeah. That's where I'm at. Uh, Forty-one is Dominic Akui, which was one of our uh, train on. Oh, train no, on. Was no, no. He was a rookie. 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 Yeah, yeah. I think so. Anyway, yeah, we'll move past because we got yeah, no idea. Yeah. Uh, Adam Saad, number forty-two, straight in for both of us. I think the same as oh, not as much as Williams. But he did look a bit comfortable. Pom touched on it a bit last night, and I sort of look back and agree with him that his running patterns were a bit odd at times where he'd confuse the ball handler, which, like, the way he wanted to run, and it would yeah. sort of halt the momentum. So is that, like, a something a bit concerning? I mean, I didn't notice that. So it's interesting you bring that up. I didn't notice it. Well, obviously, I noticed it a little bit, but I didn't notice it and like as a massive problem. That might just be because it was it was their first game, and he was just kind of like first game of the season. He was just finding grips with what he was doing. But yeah, he's like Williams, but to a lesser extent, where he was a little bit underwhelming, not as much as Williams, just a little bit underwhelming. And yeah, he he needs to improve and find that level that he was at Essendon, but. Yeah, I, I'm confident that he'll find it. Yeah, no, I agree. I, it's he's. I mean, he's going to keep his spot. Yeah, ninety-five percent of the time. So, just a matter of that connection with him and Williams, whether they can. At least there's some tactical implementation that just they know where each player will kick or run. Yeah, it just just helps the flow at the end of the day. So that's what we expect from him. Uh, number forty-three will set a field. My personal favourite. Yeah, I'll, I'll let you. I'll let you take the floor. Uh, I mean, to be fair, I'm. I'm. I was very, very lenient with him, and I thought, oh look, he's. It's just Teague. It's just Teague. 
I still think he's a very talented player. I think Teague really ruined him, unfortunately, yep. which is sad because my perspective now is that he has the talent, but the problem is I can't keep I can't back him up when he doesn't perform well because he yeah. he, he just has to find it. Once he finds it, he's a twenty two player. Yeah. But I can't keep backing him up if he's <laughs> not he's not at that form still, that's yep. all. Um I saw I saw him playing on the wing at times for yeah, the majority of it, of yesterday. Yeah. And he was playing as this defensive winger. So yeah. from what I saw, I'm not, I'm not sure if I was seeing this wrong, but he was always a kick behind the ball at, at every stage, pretty much. He wasn't really going inside 50 and making an impact. Um, so, and I don't mind that because he's that big body and he can take an overhead mark, he can... He's, obviously, we know how good he is in a contested scenario. So, I don't mind if he if he's a little bit more conservative in his positioning, and that obviously means that he doesn't have to get up and down as much, which helps him as well because he's not the most. He's not like an Ed Kerno where he can run all day type thing. Yeah, no, I, I think what you were saying about his his win position is more of a defensive player, similar to that twenty nineteen style that he adapted. Yeah. I think he was a bit more offensive-minded in 2019, so it's. I sort of think it's just integrating both of them at the same, at, you know, together this year. For me, yes, if he's a stud in 22, out of bias, but uh, I'm not. I, I he can. He's someone who I wouldn't be afraid to drop. Yeah, I don't. I, I think you could get the best out of him. Yeah. Yeah. Working his way back up. Yeah, I, I think. I don't think he's starting 22, but. In the VFL, he will have 30-odd touches yes. and he will have a massive impact because he's too good for that level, in my opinion. Yeah, that, yeah, he's, that is true. I think he's just... Yeah, he's, that, he's again, that, like, yeah. 20 to 26. 26 player, yeah. player, yeah. Maddo is 44. Yeah, I'll start again, 22. Yes. Yeah, he's, he's just a yes for me. Just, yeah. but... Something well, it, 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 it depends if I assume Voss would want to play at least one natural small forward. Yeah. And for me, Owens is the most well-versed in that role at the at the moment. I think Motlop will overtake him eventually, but we saw he kicked 15 goals last season. Um, so, like, 15 goals in 14 games, pretty good for a small forward, right? Especially one that's played yeah. his first full, full season. Well, he's someone at least that's very interchangeable for uh, you get your honey, yep. burden types. So I think, sure, you can start, but also just know that you're like constantly being watched. Yeah, which is good because you'll make yeah. sure that his performance is at his best all the time. Yep, easy with him. Uh, 45, Alex Murkov. So, I mean, what we sort of said before with Boyd, he played some rock minutes yesterday, which expected. He's got the opportunity to you know, get some game time and look, uh, he's another like Boyd where he's not, he came out of, I think it was just the amateur. It was like old Melbourne grammar yeah. or something like that. So I know we're not going to expect like insane performances, yeah. but look, he just didn't look like he's up to it personally. I, I don't know. Yeah. I think we, obviously the, the old saying big men take a while, take longer to develop. I do think that's the case because 
they need to fill out their body more. And obviously, he's a very tall boy. Like he's very tall. Yeah. So he's got that. Na- he's got that natural. I was speaking about this with my brother. I was like, his his ruck craft doesn't need to be as good as someone like a DeConning or a Pitnet because he's two hundred and ten centimeters. So he'll get to the ball first more often than not. So he doesn't need to fight. He doesn't need to like figure out his body positioning as much. Obviously, he still needs to, but yeah, he he's got more chance more chances than than Boyd for me. No, yeah, I, I can, yeah, I'll, I'll, yeah, I can agree with that statement. I think it's. I'm interested to see how long the club will give him. I, I don't yeah. know whether they'll put two or three more years in, or they're sort of just watching how this year goes. I think if he performs well in the reserves the whole year, they'll give him one more year. Yeah. But otherwise, yeah. 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 It's not much for us to really comment on, just purely because it's one game. But I'm not sure whether he'll play against Melbourne. I say oh, he I don't would. Think he will. I, I feel like if De Conan's not there, he might just get a call up. Yeah, because um, I'm not. I think they're still extended squads. Oh, okay. Uh, okay, but yeah, then he probably will. Um, it's yeah. all about the Con. Yeah, if the Conan doesn't doesn't get up, then yeah. I remember last year, the St Kilda game, we had, I think, there were two players that came on after halftime. So I think it's extended squads, possibly, oh, which hopefully, because then you get at least another yeah, yeah. look at him. Last one on the list, Matt Cottrell. Uh, I, yeah, he's another one, and I don't know where he went as a player. He's <laughs> just know. gone off the radar a little bit. He's probably the only player on this list, which I just don't rate. Yeah, that's. A, I mean, that that's quite fair. I'm not some. I don't. And it's harsh. It's harsh. It just doesn't. But that just, like it's it's one of those Nunes guys, the Nunes players, where it's like, okay, look, if we're serious, is he in that team? Like, yeah, definitely not. Yeah, not. he's not. And, and with Nunes, Nunes will give you a six at six and a half, seven out of ten every game. Koch will give you a five. Yeah, that's yeah. So that's it, look, and the thing is, he won't even push. In, from the reserves, yeah. Unless he really, which it just won't happen. Yeah, yeah. So that's yeah. So. That's always sit with him. So that's our player review done, and now we move to the last part: expectations versus. I mean, this is varied, dependent on who you talk to. We want finals, yes. It's just given that every team wants finals. I think we're not. Well, let's set our maximums and our minimums in terms of ladder position. Okay. If I had to say a max, I would say six. If I had to say minimum, tenth. Are you saying minimum in terms of like where the, you think? The highest we can go and the lowest we okay. can go. Minimum? Eleventh? Max fifth? Where I think we'll finish? Sixth. Where I think we'll finish is, you know, it's so hard because my whole my my whole uh, guess comes off what happens in round one. So I'm going to give yeah. you my two round one win, seventh round one loss, tenth. Okay. Purely based off that, no pressure. because it is no pressure. Well, well, it's just. Yeah. What we've seen. Uh, yeah, well, you've, yeah, we haven't beaten them in that game in literally 10 years. They don't go anywhere. Yeah. So, look, it's the history tells you that yeah. you've got a higher chance that it won't happen. 
I guess benchmarks. So, I mean, we talked about this in the fixture analysis, but it's hard to predict the season because teams change. You know, people predict the ladder off the 2021 form and it, it's if it's as if it's going to last 22 rounds, which it's not. So when we get to round 10, let's say, for example, we're four and six, but we're only a game off the top eight. Are we happy with that or are we not happy with that? I, uh, no, I think because we shouldn't compare ourselves. I think fans will, and I know I definitely will. We could be one and six, but if for whatever reason we're one game out of the eight, I'll be like, oh, but we're only one game out of the eight. Like, we're still fine type of thing. But we, as a club, I don't think they will. I think they will just look at their results. And if they're four and six, they won't be happy with that. So, um, yeah. Well, I think a realistic benchmark, and you'll probably agree, is at least after round three or four to stay above 0.5. Yeah. That's, I think, because I know it's not always, you're probably going to drop one or one game under, one game over, you know, as you go along. But I think it takes away the whole who you're playing scenario. Yeah. You just want to stay above 0.5 yeah. because realistically, what's 0.5? That's 11-11 at the end of the season. And 11 wins at least sneaks you into eighth, I think. It, well, yeah, I think it could. Ten wins does sometimes. So yeah, so it yeah, it's if if you get eleven, so it's like my theory is thirteen locks you in, twelve yeah. you're a good chance, eleven you're bought you're teetering, ten ten wins you'll be you'll be lucky. I think eleventh, eleven or ten, it's percentage based. I think that's how you that's sort of yeah. how you look at it. And then another thing I said to you, it's just home games. You win your home games. Yeah. Done, done. I mean, it's not always going to happen, but that's quite easy. Yeah. And it's a benchmark to set. Yeah, it is a benchmark. And I mean, it's unfortunate that we don't have it like, you know, European soccer leagues where it's a home crowd. Like yeah. you're not you're not sharing a ground. Yeah. So it's not always going to be that type of advantage, but it's, you know, your members yeah. that have got their section to themselves. Yeah. So, yeah, well, like well that. I think like West Coast have that. Yeah, they do. Where, That's yeah. the team. Th- and they win yeah. those games. Yeah, like if they play 11 home games, you'd think they'd win at least nine every single season. Yeah. That is true. A couple last tips and predictions. Uh, leading goal kicker Harry McCoy. I'm going to stick with Harry as well. Who's who's taking out the disposal count? Oh, like, uh, like uh, an average or like total? What was that? Sorry. Like an average per game or total? Yeah, we'll say average. We'll say average. Okay. Assuming you okay, um, Walsh probably. I'm gonna I'm gonna say Hewitt. Yeah, I can I say that. He, I can. I think he just gets his hand. Hewitt or Chera, I think one of the new guys. More Hewitt, I think. Yeah, someone who just yeah, he's one yeah. of those who were saying that you'll look at the stats later on. You just think, oh, geez, there's yeah. no other guy that many touches. Who's leading the tackles? Who's going to be the main man? That George Hewitt. George Hewitt. Yeah. And, he, and he'll be a barometer for every single other player. That's true. Yeah, I think uh, I think Paddy Cripps is going to bring it. I was going to say I was going to say Smokey, yeah. Smokey Patrick Cripps. Yeah. Paddy Cripps. 
marks wise, who's who's uh, I'm going to say forwards, who's really leaping up and taking those marks? Charlie, because I think he'll play. I think he'll, I think he's better at presenting than Harry. Harry kind of, yeah. from what I noticed last year, kind of just stands there and points. Whereas Charlie and Charlie's a lot quicker and agile than Harry. So he'll he'll dart around, he'll weave in and out of players, and then he'll make that run into space. So yeah, he'll get into open open spaces a lot more. So I reckon he'll 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 take them more. Yeah. And then I'm I'm gonna Jack Martin for that one. I yeah, I can say that's very good. Yeah. And then back line, let's take out Wiedering, who makes the biggest impact. Mitch McGovern. Mitch McGovern. Yeah, all Australian squad. I've said that. Multiple times. You have said that a couple of times. It is, it is an interesting one. Uh, look, I'm going to say, uh, the, I'm going to say March Bank, but only I'm talking more about the biggest impact. Okay. Yeah. Uh, not over the full season because yeah, he won't play enough to actually have that highest average. But I think he'll come in and establish himself again really quickly. Yeah. Someone I think is going to be there. And then our last scene. Let's assume we finish six or seventh, like we've said. How far do we make it? I'll give we'll, we'll give the best possible scenario where oh. even if it's a seventh and it's an away away final, but it's against the Bulldogs at the MCG. Yeah. Yeah, premiership. Yeah. No, no, I'm joking. Um, no, in all, in all seriousness, our highest prelim. And I'm like highest prelim, and I'm not saying grand final for two reasons. One, we're not experienced, and B, you need for me, you need the heartbreak before yeah. you need to fall short before you get there. Yeah. Um, and I, I genuinely think if we make finals, we'll win one. Yeah, no, I, I... That, that's both my minimum and my actual expectation. I, I think. Could go a lot of ways because yes, I think we'll win one, but only if it's in Melbourne. I don't think this team could travel interstate and knock off anyone because whether it's an away final or a home final at the G, yeah, and unless it's a Richmond or like someone big, we're probably going to have the majority because, like I say, Western Bulldogs. Well, it's they're going to put it at the G. Yeah, yeah, would have the, so like that's why I just think, but otherwise. Interstate, I, I think, yeah, I think we will. I, I don't really see us getting past first week. I just, yeah, I think a lot, a lot of things would have to go our way leading into that final. Like, if yeah, you go back right. to the Richmond one, yeah, like we had nothing to lose, so like it was just. Yeah. Whereas, I just think we could you imagine? Like, could you imagine that pressure? I just yeah. they haven't experienced it. So, look, I'm still very pessimistic. I don't think finals will happen. I just, uh, I, th- I, think I want it right. to be a surprise. I just want it to be a surprise. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So if you have the lowest, if you have the lowest like expectations, anything above it is a is a positive. Great. It's so yeah, I, I reckon we win another wooden spoon. So finish yeah. seventeenth. Can't wait. I can't wait to get the number one pick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <All> <laughs> right. Sam well, That'll be good. Let's wrap it up. Thank you for joining me today. We'll be back in what ten months to review this all and laugh yeah. or cried whenever we do for probably cry in all honesty <laughs> that's what we said be yeah. sure to check out Ari's podcast two footed tackle podcast it is yeah. all on the round ball uh, 
more videos coming out, round one preview coming out soon. But until then, we will make sure to keep you up with all Blues content. Hope everyone has a good week. And until then, go Blues. See you guys.